Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to another Through Valo podcast. I sorry. Good morning or afternoon, whenever you're watching this. But for me, it's really early in the morning, and it's snowing like crazy. So just for the record, future Valerie or whoever is listening to this today, February twenty second, twenty twenty one, it is snowing like crazy so much that the weather yesterday said that there was going to be a hundred percent snow so if that doesn't tell you how crazy it is then i don't know what will but anyways i hope you guys had a great weekend um and if you missed your sunday morning sermon nowadays you can watch them all online so i would suggest you do that but if not i'm here with a little sermon review today so i hope you guys enjoyed today's episode So, the sermon I'm going to be speaking about today is by the one and only Stephen Furtick to Elevation Church. If you guys didn't listen, last week I did a sermon review on his last sermon, and that was On Fire for God. But this week, his sermon is called What You Call Small. And it's funny because even though the topic is about something small, I can tell you it was so impactful and I was for sure convicted. And so I'm excited to get into this with you guys. Some encouragement that he left us in the beginning of the sermon was when you are tempted, celebrate. Celebrate him. Celebrate Jesus. Um, it will confuse the enemy. And the greater the pressure should mean the greater the praise. God is good and he gets us through these moments. So yes, praise him. And there is power in praising God in the process. When it comes to church on Sunday or even just in communication with God, it is so important to have an open heart versus just open ears. The scripture we focused on was 1 Samuel 16, 1 to 11. So I'm going to read that to y'all, but I encourage you guys to open up your Bibles to read along with me. What I'm going to do is while I'm reading through this, I'm going to add in a little bit of my own notes because uh, it is a little bit of a little long. So just bear with me. We're going to do some sermon reading and then some notes and then some related verses. So just let's let's get through this together. OK, so first Samuel 16 verse one. Here we go. Now the Lord said to Samuel, you have mourned long enough for Saul. I have rejected him as king of Israel. So fill your flask with olive oil and go to Bethlehem. Find a man named Jesse who lives there, for I have selected one of his sons to be my king. So here the Lord tells him to go to Bethlehem. And if you guys think about it in, or even know, like Bethlehem was pretty small. And it even says this in Micah 5 too. It says, but you, O Bethlehem, you are only a small village among all the people of Judah, yet a ruler of Israel. If you guys know this, the rest of this story in Samuel is that David becomes king and Jesus came out of Bethlehem. So mm -mm, something small, a town of Bethlehem that we see or the people of those days see as small, God seen as big. And that was pretty much what this whole sermon was evolved around. And we'll, we'll continue to see this unfold throughout the rest of the chapter. All right, verse two. But Samuel asked, how can I do that? If Saul hears about it, he will for sure kill me. Take a heifer with you, the Lord replied, and say that you have come to make a sacrifice to the Lord. 
Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you which one of his sons to anoint for me. Verse 4 says, So Samuel did as the Lord instructed. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town came trembling to meet him. What's wrong, they asked. Do you come in peace? Samuel replied, Yes, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Purify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. What's important to note here is that God works in the crazy moments and Samuel came in peace, but the situation was very chaotic. And so even in these crazy moments, God continues to have his plan and everything goes uh, the way that he he intended it for it to go. Then Samuel performed the purification rite for Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice too. Verse 6, when they arrived, Samuel took one look at Elab and thought, surely this is who the Lord's anointing. Verse 7 says, but the Lord said, Samuel, don't judge by his appearance, his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not see things the way that you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And so something that Pastor Stephen mentioned was, what is your frame of reference? Because what we see as big and tall, God sees and knows that person as small because they know their heart. And also another way, um, what we see as small, God sees as big. And so the people, it's important to kind of step back and say, what frame of reference am I looking at this situation? Because this may look like the strong big guy, but is he smart? Is he loving? Is he kind? Um, and I'm not just talking about looking for a husband, I'm talking in general, but, um, when it comes to choosing people for your sports teams kind of thing, I see that this person is, has big muscles, but do they know how to actually play soccer, you know? Um, and so I think it's so important and, and really hit me too was what is my frame of reference? Okay. Verse eight, then Jesse told his son, Abna, I'm sorry, my pronunciation is Abinadab, Abinadab, to step forward and walk in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, This is not the one the Lord has chosen. Next, Jesse summoned Shemia, and Samuel said, Neither is this one the Lord has chosen. Verse 10 says, In the same way, all seven of Jesse's sons were presented to Samuel, but Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen any of these. Then Samuel asked, are they, are these all the sons that you have? There is the youngest, Jesse replied, but he's out in the field watching the sheep and goats. Samuel said, send for him at once. We will not sit down and eat until he arrives. Israel wanted a king. And they wanted someone tall and strong. And so we know that prior to this verse, Saul was king. Um, he was tall, he was strong, but he really struggled and failed to do what God wanted him to do. And that's why in the beginning of the verse, we hear that God was telling um, Samuel to not, to not mourn, but like he's he's not working. So I need you to go get a new king. Um, and so that's what Samuel did, but God really didn't want God, uh, Israel to have one. He wanted, he wanted to be their king, but because they were so persistent on it, he's like, I'm going to show them and I'm going to give them 
someone who will truly really do um, what I've called them to do. So he called Samuel to anoint a new one. And if you grew up in Sunday school or just know a little bit of the stories in the Bible, there is the story of David and Goliath. And this is, this is all prior to that. So this is the David that we're talking about. David is the son, the youngest son. And what's funny is, so in the Bible, it does say the youngest son, but actually in Hebrew, in the original Hebrew, it said the smallest son. And so, mm, 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 yeah, it's, it is talking about God seeing big in what we see small. And that's exactly what's happening here. But anyways, on the topic of Saul, this is where Pastor Stephen really, 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 really convicted me. He said, if you go back a bit in the passage in, in chapter uh, 15 of First Samuel, Saul actually saw himself as small, which is mind-blowing because like we've mentioned, Saul was this big, tall, I don't know how tall, more like back then people lived till crazy ages. Probably this dude was like super tall. Um, But anyways, and this big question. So the next question that Pastor Stephen talked about was, when does our defense become disobedience? And so when we speak of defense, an example could be, um, we make things feel small so that we feel safer. And this is something that I struggle with. And so, so I would downplay my talents, my gifts, or my ability because I think that if if I say I'm not I'm not a good singer or I'm not that great or let me just give a disclaimer, it doesn't allow people to say it or hurt me or or if I'm talking down about it then and so that is me putting up this defense mechanism of oh I'm not a good singer. And it's frustrating because I am in school for singing. If you think about it in my situation, I struggle with this and it's a very bad thing that I do because in me downplaying the gifts, talents, and abilities that God's put in me, I am insulting the manufacturer. God placed these things in me and God lives within me and we are diminishing the divinity that God is and is inside us. When you call something small that God made sacred, we are downplaying him and downplaying how powerful and how holy he is and this kind of goes back to um your point of reference in my eyes this is just for i'm just saying this temporarily like i know maybe one day i'll be a really good singer or like just right now i'm just not a great singer right now and so our frame of reference is temporary but god looks for eternal impact and he knows the complete future so what we think is small or say is small is big in god's eyes and so this is something i really am convicted by this is something i really am looking forward to change because as i mentioned to you guys god has called me to study worship leadership and has given me this gift of singing i may not be the best singer out there but I have, I just did it again. Um, there will always be people that are more experienced than I than I am, but God has called me. So that should be one obvious point that he called me. So 
why am I second guessing? Is this where I'm supposed to be? Or is this something that I need to be doing? Second, if he calls you, he will qualify you. And so we all know, I mean, I know that throughout my whole life, I've loved to sing and I'm, and I'm okay. (laughs) So why am I telling people that I, this gift that God gave me is not that great? If you, if you think about it in that context, listen to the words that I'm saying. This gift that God gave me is not that great, but it's from God. So why, why am I second guessing it? And not only downplaying it, but God is so perfect. God is so great. So anything that comes from him, so me downplaying it is just an insult, really. And that's just my point. So yeah, let's move on. So God could have told Samuel who it was. I mean, he told him exactly where to go. He told him who to bring and what to say so that he could make it happen. But he doesn't tell him who out of the seven sons or eight because of the little one was not there and the reason for this is because or at least that we think is that he wanted him to go through the process of elimination and in these times that god gives us to go through that process of elimination we normally get frustrated because the first thing we think or that we see that god shows us isn't always the answer but we wanted to be we don't want to work for these answers but we have to <laughs> but like samuel we need to listen to god and wait for david there will be temptations to crown the first thing that we see, but no, we need to wait. He's working on the small and big things, so just go to sleep and let him work on it. And so this was really encouraging for me to just wait for your David. I hope this encourages you because it really, 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 really hit hard and really snapped me back into reality, being like, Val, you need to wait for your David. You need to think about what you're actually saying in your frame of reference. And I need to stop downplaying just to be safe because God is in me and he's called me and he's given me these gifts. And I don't want to insult him or diminish anything that he does in general or just in my life. And you shouldn't either. It is important to remember what small, what is small to you is big to God and vice versa. What you think is missing or what you think is massive, God can work on it, fix it, get rid of it, correct it in seconds. So just give it all to him and let him do what he's supposed to do. Be patient and wait for your David in whatever situation it is in your life. Okay, I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. I am going to pray us out. Um, and I'm going to pray just based on the sermon um, that we had today because it's something I really need prayer for and I can pray for you guys as well. Thank you, God, so much um, that I'm able to do this podcast today. I thank you for this beautiful weather. You have made it white as snow. You make us white as snow. And that's what I'm reminded about every day when I look out my window and there is only snow on the ground nothing else (laughs) um but i'm just so thankful that um you have cleansed our hearts lord jesus and you purify us god i pray that in our day-to-day lives lord jesus that when you show us something we realize that there is a process of elimination and this first thing that you give us is not going to last us a lifetime it's not going to last us It's not going to be the answer to all of our prayers. There's going to be a process of elimination. There's going to be 
a season for things and only going to be used for that certain season. I pray that you open our hearts, Lord Jesus, and open our ears, God, to to hear from you from what you called us to do as Samuel does. He didn't make sense of what you were calling him to do, but but he did it and and you crowned a an amazing king for for Israel. And so I pray just in our day-to-day lives, Lord Jesus, that you open our eyes to see this in our hearts, Lord Jesus. And I pray that in your beautiful name. Amen. Thank you guys so much for listening. And I am just so grateful for you guys who continue to listen, um, who, or maybe they're all random people. I don't know, but I just, I'm so thankful for you guys. Thank you so much. Um, I'm just happy that I'm able to share the God's word with you. I hope you guys have a blessed week and I will see you guys soon. Bye.